Hello, and welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast. My name is Trisha Copeland. I'm an author and host of the show. I write YA fantasy and dystopian sci-fi, as well as new adult romance titles, and love reading this in those genres. This week, I'm hosting guest fantasy author Eliza Tilton. I met Eliza through a YA blog hop, read her first book, and became obsessed. So I have to admit, there was a bit of fangirling going on here. USA Today bestselling author Eliza Tilton graduated from Dowling College with a BA in Visual Communications. When she's not arguing with an Excel at her day job, chasing after four kids, or playing video games, she's writing fast-paced young adult fantasy and paranormal tales. Listen into my interview with Eliza. I think we're going to have tons of fun. Hi, Eliza. Hi. Thank you for being here today. You're welcome. And making time for me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. You know, I was trying to remember how I found you because I was like, I found this girl like six months ago and I love her Siren series. And then I was like, how did that happen? Do you remember? Um, so I, I had, um, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on her name. I literally have known her for so many years. I did a like blog hop. Oh, Amber, Amber. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like I've seen you though before that. I don't know. That may have been the first time that, um, cause I feel like your name sounded familiar. I don't know why, but you definitely sounded familiar. But yeah, so it was from that um, that blog hub. And I think you messaged me on Facebook. Yes, because I read your book and I was like, this is the first siren book I've ever read. And I love it. And yeah, you have to you have to connect with me. So I was like, totally fangirl. Are going to message me back or not? <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's just jump right in. Tell me. Well, obviously, people know you write fantasy now. What other genres do you write in? How many books do you have? So, oh, gosh, I always get this wrong. I feel like such an idiot, too. I think I have four, uh, 14, maybe. I'm trying to think. 13, 14 books. Maybe it's 13. I don't know. So I started off Why Epic Fantasy. That was the first series that I published with my publisher. Then... Um, I did uh, a YA contemporary romance, which is probably the only one I'll ever do. And that was kind of like one of those stories that I just wrote it for me. You know, like sometimes I do that, like I don't have a plan. I don't, I just like a story and I'm just going to publish it just for myself. And so Soul Spark was that story. It was just something I had in my head. Uh, I actually had an agent interested in that one, but I was between the general market and the Christian market. It was like, I had too much Jesus on one end and then too much like drugs and like deeper content that wouldn't have, and on the, I, so I ended up self-publishing. <laughs> um, and then I have uh, Paranormals, like the other books that I do, so that's Shadows of Kiev, which kind of is, it borderlines between paranormal and historical fantasy because it's a book that takes place in Kiev in the ninth century and it's Vikings. But what I did was for the lore part, I took Slavic myth 
and I made that the fantasy aspect. Um, and then I dabbled in like a light sci-fi because again, I was obsessed with, oh, what the heck is that series? Um, there was a series on Netflix that was kind of like, remember the movie Inception? Mm -hmm. where it's that um, light sci-fi, but it's kind of more like metaphysical type sci-fi. So there was a series on Netflix that was all episodic episodes, and I can't remember the name, and it was all those type of crazy concepts. So I created Dreamscapes, which was light sci-fi, and those are two books. And sci-fi is a really hard push in, in YA, I found. So I kind of just moved on. <laughs> and then um, I think after that, it was Daughter of the Sun. And then I have my co-written stuff with my husband, which is uh, dark because my husband's a potty mouth. Um, but we had to meet in the middle somewhere. And that's like adult urban fantasy. Um, so I think like for me, I dabbled a little bit more earlier in my career, I guess, to try to figure out where I really fit. And it fantasy and paranormal is like my happy place. So I'll probably, I don't think I'll ever do contemporary again. I don't think I'll do sci-fi again. It'll probably either be one or the other um, in the future. Very cool. And you mentioned these Slavic myths and legends. Do you get a lot of your inspiration from mythology? So it depends on the story and kind of where I want to go. So for Shadow, Shadows of Kiev, I, again, was obsessed with Vikings and I wanted to read a Viking novel and I wanted a hot Viking. And I came up with the concept because Vikings really are not scared of anything. And I thought, what would be the most scariest thing for a Viking? I'm like, oh my God, not getting into the, the halls of Valhalla. So an undead Viking became, you know, the conflict in that story. And when I was looking to add the lore, I just happened to have a book from the many trips to borders where I used to just buy whatever, <laughs> whatever kind of, you know, encyclopedia. And it's this um, big book on Slavic myth. And it's really dark. And I, I didn't realize how crazy Slavic myth is and their, um, you know, spirits and creatures. And it's, you know, it's like they have a siren, but it's called the Rasulki. I'm not going to say that right. Um, so it, that's usually what I do is I kind of figure out a concept and then figure out, okay, so now I've got my basics, my, my world, what am I going to pull in for the lore? For Daughter of the Sawn, it started off with an idea, which was, you know, a daughter of a holy priest has to stop a necromancer. And then from there, I picked a time frame. Whenever, anytime, lately when I've been doing paranormal, I like to do more historical paranormal. And I pick a time frame and then I research what's going on in that time frame. And from there, I will find something creepy. And so Port Tablo is actually a real mining town in South Wales that had stories of hauntings because of all the explosions in the mines. And so I sort of build off of 
a little bit of history. Kind of reminds me if you've ever read, which is if you haven't, it's an amazing book, Eaters of the Dead by Michael Crichton. It's um, if you've seen the movie The Thirteenth Warrior with Antonio Banderas, it's it's that story. And there's this part at the end of the book where Michael Crichton's talking about how he took the Beowulf legend and um, mixed it with Ibn Fald's real historical whatever they call it how you know they had like the first chapters of his story who was a real character and he kind of meshed it and he said he doesn't even remember what's real what's fake anymore so that's kind of like what i like to do is take bits and pieces and just kind of mesh it all together well that's very evident now that i'm like okay all these pieces are falling into place for me <laughs> of the song and her as a siren it's very un so since then I've kind of gotten on a siren kick and I read Chris Farron's sirens and it's very very different it's an urban contemporary fantasy and she um mixes Greek mythology in it and all the Greek gods and goddesses and things like that so it's been sort of like a new passion of mine so I've n I don't think I've ever read a siren book ever <laughs> So your character is not a, you don't consider her a siren? Well, you know what, when you said it, she, she is, and I never, I guess I never really put it because in my head, I think of siren and I think of a crazy mermaid in the water, yes. you know, but she is because her voice is her power. And that's the same thing with a siren. She's just not luring men to the dark depths of the ocean. <laughs> right. So yeah, I guess, yeah, maybe. So I put those words in your mouth and that's what I, I took from it because singing was her power. Yeah. But, interesting. Which is really cool. cool. It's a fun story. I love that you're in the Hobbit house as well. Yep. If I could live in one for real, I would. I told my husband that my vision board is land, property, a donkey, a llama that I could hike with, maybe some chickens. <laughs> He's like, who are you? I'm like, do you not see the background? <laughs> you need to come to Colorado. People hike with their llamas all the time. Really? You know, I wanted to do that on our honeymoon in Massachusetts. And he looked at me like I was crazy. And I'm like, I don't understand. He's like, well, what do you do with them? Do you ride them? I'm like, no, you hike with them. And he couldn't even, he couldn't even wrap the concept around his head. Like, I don't understand. I'm like, you just hang out. You just walk together. And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, all right. Yeah, one time I passed this lady, she had it, and it might have been an alpaca, I'm not sure if it was an alpaca or a llama, but very similar animals, um, so he had a, like a leash harness thing on, or she, I don't know, um, just like a dog would, and I, and it was the first time I'd ever seen one on the trail, so I really wanted to take their picture, but then I felt weird, and so I asked her, and then she got all you could she said yes but you could tell that she didn't like it and so i i didn't take her picture i just took the llama's picture and then i was like well darn I, she was sort of so mean about it i wish i'd just taken the picture like on the side and not asking <laughs> it. but i'm like what does she expect she's hiking with like a cool animal i know if you're hiking with a llama you're gonna have to expect people want pictures right gosh <laughs> Okay, we're we're getting off topic here. 
I do that. I'm a New Yorker, so you got to keep me on track. That's okay. I think it was me. Okay, so I want you um, sent me some answers to some questions beforehand, just so our listeners know. I want to know about the first book you ever wrote because this was a really cool story to me. I actually just did a TikTok video on that and um, people loved it. But so I was in college, I was dating my boyfriend who's now my husband. Uh, I was an art major, I was broke and I needed to get him a birthday present. So I thought how cool would it be if I created a character based off of him and wrote a story. So I created this character, Avatar, which is the main character in my Y epic fantasy series. But I only wrote like 15 pages, but I binded it in my art class and I made it into like an actual book. And then I gave it to him on his birthday. He loved it. He was so pissed that I didn't write any more of the story. So then I was like, hmm, well, you know what? Maybe I'll just, and I always wrote when I was younger. Um, I still have my 40 page pirate adventure that I wrote in like fifth grade. Then use the bathroom upstairs. Um, so I, I, from there, I started working on Broken Forest and it just spirals off. And what's funny is that the series that me and my husband call right now, which is in a different world, kind of like an alternate earth type style, um, he stole my characters. He stole Avatar back and dropped him in that world. And let me tell you, I don't know if I knew he was like, I think I knew he was doing it. And I was like, he made him like a chromomance, a chromomancer that kind of like goes between worlds and stuff. Um, but the way he wrote him when he comes in with the swords and it's like, oh man, I was like, this is the coolest thing in the world. So it's really come full circle for me creating that story about him to writing a full completed series from him falling in love with that story. And then, you know, like 10 years later, he steals three of my characters from that world and starts putting it in our new world. So it's really, it's, it's a really cool thing. That is a very cool story. And do you guys work together well? I mean, or do you have problems? Yes. He, it work well? No, um, he's gotten a lot better with my edits. I think the biggest thing we argue about is he's a bit of a perv and I'm not. So we've really had to kind of um, come together and I've definitely have pushed back on certain things. I'm like, you cannot put that. I, I moved the series from YA to adult because book two, I'm like, well, this is not YA anymore. Um, and then I, I did an author note and explained, you know, if you were to take like Lee Badugo from Shadow and Bone and Lovecraft and like create a world, like that's kind of where we're at. So he's always been involved with my stories. Uh, when I first started writing, I really struggled with fight scenes and I would just kind of give them to him because he took martial arts. He used to be a dungeon master in D&D. &D. He's a hip hop artist. So he would, you know, poetry wise and everything. And he would take my one page like scene and turn it into five pages. And I'll never forget my critique partner in Crimson Tides, there's a fight. 
and it's like a whole chapter and she emails me and tells me that was so amazing oh my god and I'm thinking in my head like I totally didn't write that (laughs) so you know we've really I mean I've been with him for almost like 20 years we've been married I don't I don't 12 I don't know around there (laughs) it's been a long time so yeah so we really we really work well when it comes to writing as long as he just don't sit down (laughs) yeah it sounds like you really compliment each other in that way yeah so for listeners so they can make sure they have it straight in their head let's go through your series so you have the Dath Chronicles is that how you pronounce it the Dath Chronicles yep and that is sorry I was saying that's the completed series. Okay, and that's a YA series. Mm-hmm. And these are shapeshifters, right? Yes. Tell us a little bit more about that Dave series. So again, I get obsessed with something and steal it. I'm just gonna flat out admit it. I was going through a V stage. Do you remember the movie V in the yes. series V? with the reptilians and I was all into like the conspiracy theories about reptilians and so the shapeshifters are reptilians and they're invading from another world so I took like the concept of kind of like aliens invading um and mingling in with humans uh but of course I don't want lizard men so I made them more I made them look more like (laughs) <laughs> with like draconic like kind of dragon skin that you know you find out later in the books but yeah so I that was the concept because I did, I wanted to do a little bit something different than just the normal shifter very cool and then your second series is Spartan Academy and this is the one you write with your husband correct yes and is yeah, that, that is, um, and actually he 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 mainly writes it we started we plotted the first book together um and then he just sort of took it and ran with it and then we've been editing and I've gone in and you know fixed a couple of scenes and stuff but yeah that that I'm going to tell you right now that book is um it's got heavy themes so a lot of the occult you know um supernatural type stuff it's dark it's violent there's definitely like a lovecraft element the monsters are so gross (laughs) you know he has this what in the first book there's one monster and he like describes it as like fresh mozzarella and I'm like (laughs) so you know it's it's I always tell people who follow me like here's the warning. Do not at me or get mad at me. Like you have been warned if you're getting into this series. So yeah, that one's a bit dark. But it sounds like fun horror. Yeah, it's got, it's an urban fantasy um, and it really bounces around. There's so many characters, you know, you've got vampires, but these vampires are like, like demonic. These are not sparkly. These are not like the bad guys in here are bad guys you hate. They're not, they're not a likable. They're not morally gray. Like they're straight up evil. (laughs) So that's kind of where like 
the dark heavy stuff comes in is because the the villains are really portrayed in a villainous way right they don't have those redeeming qualities that you know some of our ya most of our ya villains end up having for one reason or another yep, yep. because in ya we can't totally believe that anything is really really evil maybe that's part of it i don't know <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would definitely say that when I look at that compared to, say, the Doth Chronicles or Daughter of the Swan, you know, the the kind of bad elements are there still not as freaky deaky and evil and like repulsive as the ones in in the series. And then Daughter of the Song is in Unholy Magic Saga, correct? Yes. And is that a complete series? No, it would have been, but I actually almost quit writing when the first book came out because um, that was a series. Yeah, it was, um, I'm not a quitter, but I think part of, you know, I do this because I love it. Like I have a very amazing corporate day job. So from a stability standpoint, that's not going anywhere. So this is always something I do because I love. And um, I had worked really hard. I had a mentor for the series and I had everything planned out. I had everything set. And then day one of my release, one of my ARC readers immediately put up a one-star review because the book had zombies and she was not aware that it had zombies. And she doesn't like zombies. And it killed. I mean, it took, by the time like day four, were well, you published? So, you know, by the time day four came up and the other reviews came in, like those first couple of days of release. So I was so, my husband flipped out. He was calling Amazon, like freaking out, like take it down. You know, it's just, it was, that one was tough. And then it was actually my editor who I was working on Hunter of the Sawn and I had it outlined, I was writing it, but I was really still struggling just because it left such a, I had such high hopes for the story and it just left a bad taste in my mouth. And she actually, I was stressed out about bills from that release and everything else. And my editor was like, you need to write this. I'm not going to charge you just get it to me and we need to get it out there. And um, I was like, wow, I mean, I, if that isn't a sign to keep going, then, then I don't know what is. And so I pushed through it and I wrote it. And then, you know, and then I wrote the next book. And then um, I would have, my plan was originally to have both out this year, but we all got COVID last year and I had like the worst brain fog for months. <laughs> So I just could not focus. I could not write. So it just kind of scrambled everything up. But yeah. Well, I'm excited for that series to continue then. Yeah, and one I more book and then, it, and then it's done. But my husband also stole Leo and put him in, in his book. That's cool. I love and, it. And then crossover. Yeah. And I then, can't let characters go. Yep. Um, and then I stole one of his vampires and put it in the end of book three and she'll be in book four. 
Okay, fun. Well, I'll look for that because I've read the first two. I haven't read the third one yet, so I need to pick it up. I have to look on my cheat sheet because I had some really cool questions. I asked you about your first book. Oh, I like this. What inspired you to write? What was your first writing experience? Um, my like first writing experience. Well, or maybe when you were a kid, what inspired you to write? So I, I think I just always wrote when I was a kid and I wrote, I used to write stories about my friends, which I still have. Um, and I think what got me into writing was I remember reading choose your own adventure books and falling in love with just I mean, that's what got me into reading. And I remember reading them really young and I was just obsessed. And I just loved, you know, that whole concept of adventure. And so I just started, you know, and they make you write little stories in, in school and stuff, but I just wrote these little stories with me and my friends. And I still have those stories, believe it or not. I have one folder that every once in a while when I feel like I suck, I pick out my folder and I just look at all these little stories and like papers like crumbling and, but you know, um, it's uh, it's just one of those things that I think is kind of, you always have. My kids are showing things under Yeah, the I really like those adventure books too. I would like flip to the pages and yeah, it was fun. Yep. And do you read in fantasy too or what, what authors do you love? So uh, I, I do read in fantasy, but I get really, I don't like reading in the genre that I'm currently writing in because I'm always leery that I'm going to either read something, go upstairs then. Um, I'm going to read something and be like, oh my God, my writing sucks. Why am I even writing? Um, so usually I try to read in my downtime and you gotta go upstairs, buddy. No. My son is freaking out. There's three bathrooms in the house, by the way. Um, so, uh, you know, it really depends, you know, I, I, but I try not to read in the same genre that I'm writing in as I'm like writing the story. If I'm editing, it's different, but as I'm developing the story, I like to not mix my genres. <laughs> yeah. I just wrote a fae fantasy and I had never read any fairy, just like sirens. I had never read, sorry, she's not a siren. She has a singing power, we'll say. <laughs> Um, I had never, like, that genre, I had never read the fae genre, so after my book published, like, people kept comparing it to other fae books, and I was like, well, I had no idea what I was doing, but I guess it was a good thing, because my fae are not, like, I mean, they're similar, obviously, people know about fairies from, you know, Pinocchio, but, um, Sorry, I'm just, I'm keeping my, myself on mute when you're talking, so you don't get background noise. No, that's okay. My son is refusing to go upstairs. We can wrap it up quick though. Um, I, this is my favorite question to ask authors. What do you want your readers to take away from? What is super cool so, for you? Here, um, give, me, give me a sec. I'm just gonna go. You had to go to the bathroom, go. You want to pause? Oh boy, it's like a mess out here. Well. <laughs> and we could, we could pause and then we can. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, 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 um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm just. I'm going to hold it. Oh, where'd you go? No. Hold on. There you are. Okay. Um, 
Okay, sorry about that. So what was the question again? What do you want your readers to take away from your books? Like, what do you want them to experience when they're reading? I want them to just have fun, you know, be able to just, you know, I, I love books that I can just gobble up in a day. So my books are all pretty short compared to some, like, I don't like things to drag on. I want to be able on a Saturday, if I get into a story, be able to pound through that book in like a day. So I, I want my books to be an adventure that they can just get lost in, you know, not not something that I mean obviously some of my books are a little bit header you know heavier in the topics but I would say the majority of it just you know get lost in the story have a warm fuzzy feeling you know and enjoy yourself like a movie yeah and I can vouch for that with daughter of the song definitely so I think you would see that goal <laughs> so tell us where we can find you Eliza so um like I said before and again, I'm sorry, because now the dog's bothering. It's, it's always something. Um, I'm on TikTok. TikTok is where I hang out the most. Um, so definitely, if you're on TikTok, go on there. You can find me on Facebook. You can friend me there. I am on Instagram, but I don't post on there. And when I do, it's just reposted TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, awesome yeah um and now they're all done and now I can go back sorry this, this is why I don't do interviews and I never interview with people because it's always like a crapshoot <laughs> well thank you thank you thank you for being here there you are <laughs> you're back Okay. I know my, my, my internet connection got unstable. It didn't like me moving around a lot. <laughs> no worries. No worries. But thank you again for being here and I will read your next book and then we can talk again. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. I love talking to Eliza about her book, Characters in Fantasy Worlds, and can't wait to read the latest book in the Unholy Magic Saga. Check out Eliza at www.elizatilton.com for more of her books, or follow her on TikTok at Eliza A. Tilton, where she shares tons of bookish stuff. You can find me and my books at trishacopeland.com on your favorite social media. Next week, I'll be geeking out with Rose Garcia, who also writes fae fiction, so I can't wait to dive in with the next author in my podcast series.